every summer, Keswick hosts a three-week convention which attracts around 15,000 Christians from all over the UK and the wider world. The event provides lively worship and lots of Bible study opportunities. Over these next few weeks leading up to Pentecost, I want to give you a flavour of some of that Bible teaching, and you won't even need your walking boots or a tent. So today we're looking at Paul's letter to the church in Rome, chapter 5 and the first 11 verses, particularly aimed at those who are already believers. Paul begins by considering what happens when you first trusted in Christ. You were, Paul asserts, justified through faith. Justification is a big word which simply means here, declared not guilty. God can declare us justified and righteous only because Jesus paid the penalty we deserved for our sin when he died on the cross. And that momentary act leads to a permanent relationship with God. And that relationship can be summed up in three words. Firstly, peace. Peace between ourselves and God. This is the immediate effect of our justification. We need no longer be distant from or working against God, no longer on opposing teams, if you like. Christ's work on the cross has dealt with all your sin and guilt, so don't rehearse it or chastise yourself with memories of it. Put it down at the foot of the cross and leave it there. Secondly, grace. The continuing effect of our justification is that we have been allowed to enter the sphere of God's grace where we stand today. We look up daily to our reconciled Father in whose favour we now stand. So just bask in God's grace. There's nothing you can do or need to do to earn God's approval. Because of Christ's death and your restored relationship with God, you're already enjoying God's favour. In response then, let God know that you are truly grateful. And the third word is glory. The ultimate effect of our justification, for which we hope, is the glory of God, which in this context means heaven, since it is there that God's glory is fully revealed. Our hope is a certain confidence that we shall see and share in that place one day, and we can rejoice here and now already at that mouth-watering prospect. Until then we ask for his help to reflect him more and more in our priorities, values, actions and attitudes. So the question arises, what should we expect from the Christian life? Comfort and ease? Sorry, no, suffering. These sufferings are not, strictly speaking, particular episodes of sickness or pain, sorrow or loss as such, but the everyday pressures of living in a world generally hostile to God. Such sufferings always precede the glory we have just spoken about. It's not that one is the weight of the other, really, still less that we grin and bear the one in anticipation of the other. No, we are to rejoice in both. It's not the sufferings themselves we rejoice in so much as their beneficial results. We are not, after all, masochists who enjoy being hurt or disappointed. We are not even stoics who grit their teeth and endure. We rejoice because of what suffering produces. And there are three stages to this process. Firstly, we are told that suffering produces perseverance. We could not learn perseverance without suffering. And secondly, perseverance produces character. There's something noticeable about the character of those who have withstood the test and come out triumphant. Thirdly, character produces hope. The character in us which has a maturity born of past suffering 
brings a hope of future glory. Our developing Christian character is sure evidence that God is at work within us. And he who is maturing us through suffering will surely and safely bring us to glory. But you might wonder, how can we be sure that our hope of future glory is not just wishful thinking? The solid foundation of our hope rests not in our own faltering performance, but in the steadfast love of God. It's because God enfolds us in his love that we know he is going to bring us safely to glory. He will never let us down or let us go. But how do we know God loves us? Because we have an inner experience of it. The Holy Spirit has been given to every believer, and one of the great works of the Spirit is to pour God's love into our hearts. The Spirit, once given, causes a permanent flood of God's love into our hearts. So hold fast to this truth. You will not fall by the wayside. You shall be glorified. And don't only look back to justification and forward to glorification. You have a Christian life to live here and now. Through Christ we have peace with God this and every day. Through Christ we stand in God's grace this and every day. Through Christ we have been reconciled. And through Christ we are saved. So today, regardless of your present circumstances or struggles, rejoice in God through Jesus Christ for all he's done, continues to do, and will do in the future for you, his much-loved child.